from the basement that we record in. It is Double Turn Radio. My name is Xavier Heat, wrestling's favorite hothead. And next to me is my beautiful and lovely co-host. The man with no gimmick, the James Conti. And we are here with your war-ready review of the Monday Night Wars, except this time we are doing it for Fall Brawl 1995. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have seen the previous episode of War Ready, you are all caught up and ready to go. And if you are not, let's give you a quick recap real quick. We had the first two episodes of Monday Night Nitro. Give them the big points, buddy. So, big the big highlights come out. We'll talk about the main event first. The big main event, the Dungeon of Doom versus the Hulkamaniacs. The team of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Sting, and the newest recruit to the Hulkamaniacs, Lex Luger, who, re- who accepted the uh, invitation, well, didn't accept, but on the condition that he would receive a title match, accepted Hogan's invitation to be their partner for War Games. Absolutely, and Lex Luger debuted on the initial debut episode of WCW Nitro, which gave uh, the crowd and the wrestling world quite a shock. Uh, A couple of other matches that we have are Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. We're also going to see Harlem Heat. And the Bunkhouse, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater, they're ta- they're going for the WCW Tag Team Championship. And then uh, we got a couple of matches sprinkled in between that we don't want to talk about because they are too good to pass up in terms of either how bad they were or how good they were. Right. But yeah, we're in uh, Asheville, North Carolina this week for Fall Brawl. Um, it turns out to be one of the lowest gates that Hulk Hogan has ever had in pay-per-view history. Uh, I think it turned out to be 6,600 people was the initial turnout. 5,000 actually paid, and they made a whopping $72,000 at the gate. Holy fuck. Hearing that they made $72,000. Yeah. It's that's so crazy. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, so the show... Uh, Inflation had a, is real. Real. For real. Uh, so the show actually had four pre-show matches, uh, one of which is is actually the most uh, important because it played a role in the Harlem Heat match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to go through it real quick. Uh, Big Bubba Rogers defeated Mark Thorne in a singles match that lasted a minute and four seconds. Disco Inferno defeated Joey Maggs in a match that lasted two minutes and 33 seconds. Alex Wright, who was featured on the second episode of Nitro, mm-hmm. uh, wrestled Eddie Guerrero to a no contest. Yeah. Uh, these are all matches that we haven't seen. I'm not sure if they're televised. They're, they're, but... They weren't. There's, I don't think there's any video of them, actually. Okay. Um, and then the fourth and final pre-show match was uh, was important. It was the American Males, which is Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs, uh, defeating the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. Uh, that plays a role because we're going to get to that. The winner of that match was, uh, I believe, going to face um, you know, the winner of the, of the match later on. Yes, and we'll discuss that. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. uh, let's talk about it. Let's go live to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, so right from the beginning, we've got a great match. It's the number one contenders match, we believe at least at this point, for uh, the U.S. champ Sting. Uh, the reason why we say we believe is because there was no mention of this at uh, the show after this. But, uh, yeah, it's Brian Flying Brian Pillman versus Johnny B. Bad. Let me let you know right now. This is the first time I've ever seen Johnny B. Bad. And he uh, wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. 
Um, his face is certainly something. Let me tell you, his face is is uh, that's a face for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, a face. Johnny B. Bad. I I'm not gonna lie. I looked at it and I, I looked at him and I was like, I was like, why does he look like Rick Rude? And Jake the Snake had a kid. Yeah. Like, for real. It's very <laughs> it's very weird. He's got that very 90s wrestling face. Yep. For sure. 100%. <laughs> but I love his outfit. It's it's awesome. I'm, I like the you know red and black thing. So do the I. The crowd yeah. was very hot for him. Um, they wrestled for 20 minutes. It was a really, really, really good match. Uh, between them, uh, lots of near falls. Um, it was really just a, mat- uh, a match of... Who catches who off guard? Precisely. Uh, yeah, they really technical match as well. The match ended uh, after a double crossbody, kind of awkward landing where Johnny B. Bad uh, uh, gave Flying Brian Pillman the pin. So your winner is Johnny uh, B. Bad. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was a little botched towards the end, but other than that, it was it was a pretty 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 flipping. solid. I think he got some color in the match too, unintentionally. I think at one point because the referee had the, uh, the he had um, Brian Pillman in a headlock at one point, and the mm-hmm. referee was kind of wiping his head. Yeah, and I think at one point he did get a cut. Might not have been a major cut because we didn't see blood on it, the, but there was also a couple spots in the mat. So very possibly caught he he probably caught a, an elbow or something in the wrong spot. I'll spoil it for you real quick, buddy, because I mean we'll mention it in the next show too. But he got. An elbow to the head, and he had to get, I think, four stitches. Okay, to above his I was left about to eyebrow. Say, I couldn't. You couldn't tell, like afterwards, even when the camera was on, because there was yeah. no, the blood was gone at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was, and then my assumption was correct that he, uh, what's it called? He probably got he caught took with an, an elbow, elbow yeah. yeah, somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, pretty good match other than that, uh, uh, that wonky finish. Um, and then right after that. We get a promo from Ric Flair. This time, it's definitely backstage. Uh, my mistakes on last episode, but this time, it's definitely backstage. Uh, and they explain the Asheville roots uh, between him and Flair. This is, I mean, albeit uh, uh, Arn Anderson didn't grow up here, but this is uh, horseman territory. This is everything um, everything that the f- four horsemen fans have wanted secretly but wasn't able to get. Uh, he said that... Um, you know, greatness. You got greatness, uh, and he said that Triple A, uh, that Double A is going to be facing uh, greatness. He says that he loves Arn Anderson, but he's going to show, uh, he's going to show him why he's the greatest of all time. And then that leads us. Oh man, that leads us to our second match, man. <laughs> oh, Sergeant. Oh, oh God. Craig Pittman versus Cobra Craig Pitbull. Pittman, please. Pit, I'm, you're, you're absolutely Craig right. Pitbull. Sergeant Craig. Pitbull Pittman. Yes. Versus Cobra. Uh, so here's how this starts. So uh, Cobra comes out and. Wait, wait. Let's explain who Cobra is. Cobra, go, go ahead. K-Fabe. <laughs> K-Fabe is a CIA is a agent. member of the CIA. <laughs> and his theme is Morse code. It, it, you, yo, I went bonkers, bro. I was like, what? It, it is Morse code. I don't know why it's Morse code. It's very weird. I don't know why they. He's a member of the CIA, but he's wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, they said it too. They were like, he's seen so much combat, but I, I think they said something along those lines. It was like, he's seen so much combat, but he's never gonna see combat like this. And then yeah. it's like, oh, no, no, people Pittman. blowing up in front of me, possibly, yeah. but I'm never gonna but, see it. So, uh, cr- uh, Sergeant uh, Craig Pitbull Pittman's theme hits, and out it, comes. It takes a long time for him. And to I'll be honest, I, 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 I've never seen. 
Sergeant Craig Pitbull. Pit, I'm going to keep saying his whole name. I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. And so I've never seen him before. You give so him the, the respect he deserves, buddy. So he's a sergeant. So the, so the recruit or whatever, the uh, the private walks out. I thought that, that was him. I was like, oh, this is going to be really interesting. Yes, the private then, says that I have a message for you. He goes to Cobra at the, at the edge of the ring apron. He goes, I have a message for you. And Cobra goes, I have a message for you, boss. You tell him to get his ass out of here right now. <laughs> and uh, while this is going on, while uh, Cobra's distracted, um, Sergeant Pittman is coming down from the rafters. It's not Sting. It's not Sting. It's Sergeant Craig it's, Pitbull Pittman. And he comes in. He's got a bullet. He's got a belt. He's got a bandolier of bullets going across. He takes it off and sh- starts strangling Cobra with it. Oh, it was with bullets? Yeah, it was, oh. a, it was a bandolier of bullets that he was wearing. I thought it was a bandana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh been, probably would have been bo- better. I thought it was a bandana. Um, you got a lot of war and military references right from the beginning before the match even started. Oh, Christ um, and especially during this whatever, how many minutes did this match last? This match was a minute and 22 seconds. This match was a minute and 22 seconds. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> Thank uh, God. Yeah, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Craig Pitbull <laughs> Pittman <laughs> started strangling Cobra <laughs> to start... Uh, Pitbull blatantly uh, barely hitting Cobra on camera once they take it to the outside and he starts hitting him with shots. These were the weakest fucking shots I've ever seen in my life. So bad. Holy shit. Uh, Then (laughs) Pitbull reverses a move that Cobra hit on him. Puts puts his finisher which is which is called the code red. So this is the code red. This is the code red breather code red. Uh and it's an arm bar and he wins. Next, please <laughs> for the love of fucking Christ next. Um we got a videotape, a video uh vignette of uh Mr. Wonderful backstage. Oh, oh my why god. The fuck was that match hat? Why did that match happen? I don't know. Holy shit. I don't know. Let's that's talk the, up. That's the bad of WCW, guys. Yeah. And it doesn't stop there. No, I promise it you it doesn't, doesn't stop there. Because this video of Mr. Wonderful, I don't know what is going on. But he's he's backstage, he starts freaking out internally and looking at himself in the mirror, and he's pretty much lost himself. I don't know what happened. I'm sure you don't know what happened because we didn't watch before this started but yeah we get uh, this vignette of mr wonderful he's going crazy um he starts throwing things and talking to himself it's hilarious to me absolutely it, i actually i thought it was <laughs> this isn't the end it's not the end not, i know i thought it was pretty good actually like uh, just up until this point up until yeah up until this point here we go so go ahead we start to see a man like unraveling and I, I believe he's probably going through a couple of losses if i had to guess and you start to see this man unraveling bad enough paul orndorff has probably the most punchable face i've ever seen in my entire life this yeah. guy is the, the living embodiment of the crimson chin from the fairly odd parents if you're a millennial like myself <laughs> yeah uh paul orndorff also at this time is battling a disease he, what's it called? This I do know because I actually just recently found this out. So Paul Orndorff, if you ever look at his physique in the 80s, he was okay. It's towards the 90s and the end of his wrestling career. You can actually see it. He had a, he has a disease where, um, or I think it was caused by an injury, but what it is is his right arm is actually significantly smaller than his left oh, arm. Oh, he's gone through muscular dystrophy then at some, at, through it. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, because Kurt yeah. Angle has the same... 
Kurt Angle has the same uh, uh, issue with one of his arms. Yeah, so, yeah, so muscular dystrophy. So yeah, so he's got that, and it's like he's, it's built you know, up over it's time. Starting, it, it it wasn't apparent right here. He actually mm-hmm. looks all right here, but towards the end of his wrestling career, it really was his left arm was gigantic, and his his right arm was he was very small. Yeah. So, but he, and you can see it in this video if if you look at very bit. close, uh, but. Who, yeah. who helps Paul Orndorff out? Who is this guy? This guy comes out looking like a marshmallow, a Q-tip, uh, a cotton swab. And this guy's name is Gary Spivey. I believe he's a um, psychic of some kind in some way, shape, or Correct. form. Correct. Well, he. So I had the Wikipedia because I didn't Wikipedia during the show. And I, because honestly, it was so far out that I thought it was a WCW created character. I mean... Listen, I thought I was tripping. So, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> Gary Spivey is a spiritual healer and psychic. He has made appearances on radio programs, TV shows, and live casino shows, and also conducts per- personal readings, seminars, workshops, and retreats. This guy looked like a Teletubby. This guy looked like <laughs> I don't. Uh, this guy looked like, uh, uh, like I said, uh, a Q-tip. The uh, <laughs> that's it. it. Like a Q. He was this dude was built like a. Q- this guy was a white guy with nappy hair, nappy white wig. Let's not talk about it. Anyway, this dude comes out, and he's he says he had a vision twice. He said he had a vision. He, he repeated the same line twice in this in this video package. I don't know how they got away with this. Um, <laughs> Spivey says uh, that he has to be Mr. Wonderful, and he's going to be great. I had a vision. You got to be Mr. Wonderful. You got, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. This was the most campy 90s skit I've ever witnessed coming out of, out of, you know, a video package in professional wrestling. At least up until this point. Absolutely, this is crazy. It was insane. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like he cut. Like there were multiple cuts of him, of of Mister Wonderful throwing things on the floor, hitting things. At one point, it was destroyed. At one point, it wasn't because we didn't get to that point. It was right. Just, it was. It was very 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 weird, weird editing. Yeah. Um. Bobby Heenan, but Bobby Heenan did a great job of explaining what was happening, which is the fact that he's been going through some losses and he's been going through a career change and he's trying to find himself again. Bobby Heenan did a great job immediately after the video package to, to, to mm-hmm. say that. Um, and then next, we've got Diamond Dallas Page uh, with the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle, and he defeated the Renegade. Let's talk about this for a second, buddy. So this is um, so the Renegade is um, WCW's version of the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, precisely. That's what I got from it too because I didn't know if that was the intention, but it definitely came off like that. It definitely um, came off like so that. So from the theme music, because that's the one of the first themes that I heard in, in, while watching WCW. Mm-hmm. I could finally hear it. It I thought it was the Ultimate Warrior. First. And then he comes out running like the Ultimate Warrior. Exactly. Too. Uh, the, this is Who's one the of the TV champ. By the way, the Renegade is the television champion. Yes. Uh, his one and only championship. Yes. Ever in uh, his life. And this is pre, like, you know, the DDP that you come to know and, and love. Um, DDP at this point is a, a womanizer, kind, yeah. I mean, kind of alluding that he's like woman beating too, right? Yeah, that was kind of the, the, the thing because they uh, they were talking about how he uh, how he handles Diamond Doll. Uh, and it was so... The, the gimmick is that he's won $13 million. He invested it to win a lot more. And he's kind of just like doing whatever he wants to do now. Right. And kind of treating his wife like shit. Um, uh, Renegade, I found out, is 
no longer with us yep. as well. Uh, he, like we said, had an Ultimate Warrior type of feel. Um, they brawled to start the show in and out, uh, to start the match in and out of the ring. Uh, DDP was doing the Perfect Ten gimmick before the Perfect Ten gimmick was was happening. Yeah. And Diamond Doll was involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, so every time DDP hit a uh, big move, he was yelling at Diamond Doll to uh, take one of those... Um, you know, cards that you normally see at like a like uh, a ju- like a judge when, when judges like judge swimming, contests and you, yeah, you like they a swimming have to hold competition up, yeah. or like a gymnastic competition. Right. That's the old style. That's how they used to do. So she would take a card and it would say ten, and that was how you know whatever it got him heat, I guess. Uh, you know, um, he started doing that with the advantage uh, mid match, and then. Um, the, uh, I guess as the match started to go along, commentary started making mention that it was uh, this was the longest of, of Renegade's uh, uh, career up until up until that point. Um, Renegade uh, Max Muscle boy went eight minutes. Yeah, ex- eight minutes, and that's the longest match of his career. I mean, that's to say where Renegade I think was going at this point. I guess we'll see. Um, but Max Muscle comes out to inter- intervene. Uh, Jimmy Hart, who uh, was managing Renegade, I forgot to mention that before. I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Hart comes uh, to go and save uh, Renegade, and then Renegade whips DDP into Max Muscle and hits the power slam. Uh, then he gets on the top rope uh, to crossbody Max Muscle on the outside. Um, as he's getting in the ring, Max holds uh, his foot, which allows DDP uh, to get him up and hit the cutter. And we've got a new television champion, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So an eight-minute match, it was okay, definitely. I thought it was very okay. I more thought... on the psychological side than it was on the you know wrestling right. acumen side um, where DDP, DDP played uh, the smart heel taking advantage of um, maybe an inexperienced or right. you know, uh, definitely outmanned. Yep. Bobby Heenan still providing... Um... You know, heel commentary. He said, uh, "My favorite was, uh, oh, his leg somehow got hooked on uh, ma- on uh, <laughs> muscles on muscles arm." I'm like, okay. while the camera is blatantly showing <laughs> Max Muscle <laughs> hook his leg, hook his like, leg. Oh man, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was that was good. And then uh, we run right into the fourth match, which is the match for the tag team championships uh, between Harlem Heat with their new manager Sherry, uh, new manager because the you know. And their legacy has just now begun um, versus uh, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater uh, versus uh, and they were the tag team champs in their company to the ring by Colonel Rob Parker. Uh, James, do me a favor. Look up who Dirty Dick Slater is because I feel like I know who that is, but I don't know who that is. Dirty Dick Slater, better known by his ring name of Dirty Dick Slater. Okay. I mean, the, listen. The commentary made sh- uh, made it a point to um, go ahead and uh, say that he was one of the hardest hitting wrestlers of all time up until this point. So I'm sure he did a lot of. I'm looking at uh, his stuff in the territory days. I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yep, yeah. that's what it looks like. Probably Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Georgia mm-hmm. Championship Wrestling, and the names that he's got on 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 under his belt of people that he's worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty. Was he Dick the Bruiser? I don't think he was Dick. No, the Bruiser. he wasn't Dick the Bruiser. Okay. Uh, but you got a lot of guys here that like you know if you if you know territory wrestling, 
there's a good amount of people here that he's wrestled yeah. that are no joke. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah. So you got that. You got this tag team uh, championship match between uh, the both of them. It was a pretty even match uh, to start. Um, this was just, like I said, this was just the beginning of the partnership uh, between uh, Harlem Heat and Sherry. Uh, there was an, a lot of emphasis on Harlem Heat's street fighting background and uh, how they grew up from the streets and where they're from and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, and then kind of in the middle of the match, you cut the camera to Colonel Rob Parker, who uh, seemed like he started getting the hots uh, for Sherry. He definitely was sweating, but it probably was hot and natural at that point anyway, and he's wearing a full-blown suit yeah, 10-gallon hat. And you're running around a ring, trying run around two rings, yeah. trying to you know keep your guys in line exactly. uh doing your managerial role playing the managerial role mm-hmm. uh and uh yeah eventually what ends up happening is yeah he, he ends up uh, yeah so um the, throughout the match the tag team uh, the champs uh, uh use dirty tactics to stay afloat and then yeah towards the end of the match colonel rob parker just can't help himself. He gets on top of the second ring, the one that the competitors were not wrestling in, um, and Sherry starts to get on on the apron too. And while this is happening, we want to make mention that the Nasty Boys are coming out. So you've got Colonel Rob, you got the match happening in the ring. You got Colonel Rob Parker and Sherry are starting to make out once the Nasty Boys uh, come out. So you know they couldn't help each other. Uh, they couldn't help themselves. A lot going uh, on to have each other. Um, yeah, and you still you still have everything going on. You have a championship match. You've got uh, what's uh, Sags and Knobs coming out. You've yep. got. Uh, Sherry and Colonel Rob Rob Parker out on the side. It's mm-hmm. like so. There is a lot to keep an eye on, nonetheless. Yeah. So Harlem Heat go ahead and they pull their uh, they pull a, a tandem offense move uh, against Dirty Dick Slater uh, to allow them to be the champs. Uh, Colonel Rob Parker and Sherry really don't care about the finish. Um, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater are mad. They they immediately start walking to the back. They're pissed off that all this is happening. Uh, Harlem Heat is kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Um, and they start going to Sherry. And uh, the mic actually picks up uh, Sherry talking to Harlem Heat and saying, "Is like, I got you the championships, didn't I? Didn't I make you guys the champs? Uh, we'll come to see how that uh, if that paid off for them in, in the coming episodes. Uh, but right now, they are your new uh, tag team champions. And... As they were going to the back, uh, we got a promo, uh, of course, Mean Gene Oakland uh, with uh, Bunkhouse Buck and uh, Dirty Dick Slater. And they start talking to uh, the colonel. And they're like, hey, what the fuck, man? And he's like, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. I'm in love with this woman. I, I can't I can't sleep without without thinking about this woman. She's just so beautiful. <laughs> and it, I'm sorry, boys. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get you to match. I'll get you to match. It's, it's, it's my fault. I'm... I, and then the, the wrestlers eventually start to leave at this point, and he just keeps going on about how he's torn between, you know, Sherry and his his current tag team that he's he's managing right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to say this is about the – what do we got? Two ma- – three matches in, four matches in. This is about the halfway point, you know, a little, a little past the halfway point because we've got a long War Games match. So, up until this point, it's kind of wonky. It's pretty good, you know. It's pretty good, but, uh, you know. The Sergeant – that that pimple pimple match, what the fuck was that? That's about? my favorite match of the night. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Harlem Heat match wasn't bad um, at all. It, it definitely served its purpose. I I enjoyed it. It was I, entertaining. I thought it was very good. Uh, did the DDP match as short as it was? It was pretty entertaining too. Um, to you know see DDP in his infancy 
And that uh, Pillman Johnny B. Bad match was, was great as well. So kind of had the halfway point. We come back, and now there's this great video package, very 90s home video type. I loved every minute of this uh, about the history of Flair and uh, Arn Anderson. And then we get a promo from Arn Anderson. Uh, he says that he's nervous uh, because he's got to fight Flair, and he loves Flair. And this is the man that he loves, and he doesn't want to fight the, the you know, the person that he has been through most of his life uh, with him. But he says he's basically got to defend his pride and his honor because he feels disrespected by Flair and has been for some time now. And that leads us to our fifth match, which, I mean, arguably, depending on where you are, this is the reason why you came to the show. Right. Or the War Games match, depending on, on who you ask. Uh, but we got Ric Flair and the Enforcer, Arn Anderson, in their first singles match of their career. Uh, you got a lot of wrestlers in the stands at this time. They're watching the match. You got Flying Brian Pillman. You got Buff Bagwell and the, uh, the American Males there. Eddie Guerrero's uh, out there. I, yep. Eddie Guerrero's out there. He's watching the match, too. Um, so a lot of good energy. Asheville, North Carolina, that's their hometown crowd. So they both uh, got really big pops uh, walking in. And then, uh, yeah, there was some early back-and-forth grappling, classic chain wrestling uh, between the two. Um, definitely, if you want to learn uh, grappling and chain wrestling and you, you want to learn from some of the greats, you go and watch this match because their beginning was, was really good. Uh, then they start getting, uh, you know, increasingly heated with each other and that's when uh arn anderson goes and, and slaps flair and flair you know doesn't want to go crazy on his friend so he he powders out to the outside um and you can sense there's a lot of intensity in this match yep it's what? built up it's it, the match builds it perfectly mm -hmm. it goes from being a wrestling match to being a now fight a, a fight yeah real and, quick and that's where arn anderson starts targeting flair's arm uh, Arn Anderson takes a hold really um, throughout the the middle of that match uh, until uh, Flair evades and sends Arn Anderson to the outside. Uh, Flair then takes control, so now you kind of got this flip flop of of who's taking advantage, um, and the, this it's just getting more and more aggressive. They're really just throwing licks at each other. Yep. Flair's chest is on fire. Uh, uh, Arn Anderson's chest looks like it's on fire. Uh, Flair's taking a lot of big moves um, from from Arn Anderson. There's been a lot of grapple heavy uh, rest spots as well too. So they're and they do a great job of selling how much energy that they're putting into it. They do a great job of selling. Um, once we get to this double down in a, in a couple seconds, like how much uh, hurt they're putting on each other. Um, you know, Arn Anderson uh, teases the DDT, which was the big move from him at the time. Uh, and Flair was constantly reversing. And then Flair puts on that big figure four leg lock. It's probably my favorite part of the match. Yeah, it's, and then Arn Anderson good. blocks it with his arm, which is something that nobody's done before. Yep. And I thought that was pretty uh, that good was cool. In, that was very cool. I yeah. was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah, because I thought we were just now we were going to start to get to, oh, Ric Flair's, you know. So we get the block from Arn Anderson. Um, uh, but eventually Flair still puts it on him anyway. Uh, the crowd at this point. Madness, nuclear, going like, crazy, and and Arn Anderson is doing everything he can to try and turn and flip it on Flair, and when he does, the crowd goes absolutely Insane. ecstatic. Uh, it was just incredibly loud. It was a loud pop. Flair rolls him over, or uh, Flair gets rolled over, and now the pressure in wrestling uh, has been reversed, mm -hmm. uh, and he's got no choice but to let it go. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it breaks. 
And, uh, you know, Arn Anderson is selling the knee. And then now that's when Flair starts picking uh, uh, Arn Anderson apart really now. Arn Anderson took Flair's arm. Uh, you know, now Flair is taking uh, the knee of Anderson. That's where he gets the spine buster from. That's where he gets the DDT. You know, you can't really walk. Um, so you start seeing Flair work. And then, out of nowhere, flying Brian Pillman gets on the apron. Uh, he starts jawjacking Flair uh, on the apron while Flair's inside. Uh, he punches Flair. Flair goes down. Uh, Flair comes back up and he punches Pillman back. Uh, uh, you know, Pillman takes the punch and then kicks Flair in the back of the head. Uh, and um, that lets Arn Anderson recover to DDT Flair. Uh, the ref was checking on uh, Arn Anderson the whole time, and that's when Arn Anderson pins Flair. Wow, what a crazy finish, bud. Crazy finish. Um, great match. Everyone was I mean, in disbelief, yeah, even the crowd. Insane. Yeah. Insanity ensued. Uh, I, and you know now that this was just the beginning between the both of them and, you know, where their where their things start going with yep. each other and the unsettledness and new four horsemen eventually. And yep, exactly. I was nature. about to say, you're going to see new iterations of the four horsemen as the years develop. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes because, again, I've never really watched. I know of the new Four Horsemen, uh, but I'm excited to see where this builds up to and see where this goes from here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after this uh, barn burner of a match, we get <laughs> we get a promo from the task ma- Taskmaster before the War Games match. And it was showing – I mean, the, the purpose was that it was showing the lunacy of Sullivan, but I don't know what the fuck I watched. And he was – Babbling about about uh, Hogan and I, I don't know. Everyone talks about Kevin Sullivan's booking like it's like at the time it was great, it was phenomenal. I'm just like I'm watching this. I'm, maybe I am looking at it, for, it as a viewer looking back. Maybe at the time I would have said something different. But if he had no like, hand in this, if he had absolutely no hand in what was going on up until the end of the Dungeon of Doom, then okay, I'll give this one a pass. But if you're doing this for yourself, man. Not good. Not good. Not good at no all. No bueno. Not good at all. Uh, real quick, we get a funny moment between um, uh, uh, Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan where uh, Tony isn't letting Bobby speak after the uh, the vignette from Taskmaster. <laughs> and right when he – because he has some things that he has to say. And right when he is about to uh, let Bobby speak, uh, they cut to promo. <laughs> they cut to <laughs> they cut to a promo for War Games, the, the video package for War Games. Um, and then after the video package, do we get for War Games itself? We get a promo from uh, the Hulkamaniacs, which consists of Lex Luger, Sting, Ran- Ron- uh, 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 Randy Savage, Macho Man, and – Hulk Hogan. There's a lot of military references again. A lot of screaming from these fucking people. Why did wrestling... Why was it so revolved around screaming? I don't know. That's all that this was. That's it. Uh, Wrestling in the 80s, 90s, I guess that passed for charisma as far as like pro wrestling went because everybody was screaming. Sting was screaming. Flair was screaming. Uh, what's it called? Savage, Savage was screaming. Was screaming. Hogan, Lex. Was screaming. Lex. Uh, I mean, it goes. It's the Warrior. When uh, I mean, oh my God, it's it's a little much after a while. And like I look at it, I'm like, we we've gone in a good direction. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, 
So they pretty much talked about being a cohesive unit and trusting each other. I guess a lot has happened in a week. Uh, Randy Savage said that, you know, he said what he said, and it's all in the past. And what's now is war games. Um, Luger, Sting, and Randy all said their piece. And then once Hogan starts to say his piece, all of them start to leave thinking that the promo is going to end. In just a couple of seconds, oh Hogan's gonna wrap itself. But it's fucking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> fucking if you up. thought you you think Hulk Hogan's gonna give you a a, 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 a twenty tr- second uh, uh, promo? Yeah, eat, eat your vitamins, not. say your prayers, drink your milk. No, absolutely nah. not. Nah, no, because they go and they start walking off. They actually get off camera, and Hulk Hogan is still going on for so long that the four of them walk back. To then redo the whole thing where they yell and are okay with each other and walk right back out of the camera frame. War games! Yeah, yeah so the, that leads us to our main event, the sixth match of the card. Thankfully, there was only six matches on the card. That's how wrestling should be, but it's not. Oh, um, man. And we have this war games match between the Hulkamaniacs and the Dungeon of Doom. I have a different opinion of this match than I believe James does because I don't think that it was that bad. I hate the Dungeon of Doom, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> I hate the Dungeon of Doom, too. There are a couple things that I want to know. Um, I thought it was pretty... Overall, thought it was good. I like... Was okay. I also, like... I, well, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, it wasn't... It, what, listen, should not have been the main event of the show. We could have put Ric Flair and Arn Anderson Absolutely. on last, and it could have been it great. It should have been. It should have been. But war games, two cages, yeah. two also, rings. Also, I wouldn't want to put war... war I wouldn't want to put War Games before Sting Flair because everybody would have just been gassed by the time that match happened anyway. Yeah, exactly. Hulk Hogan was also... Hulk Hogan's Hulk Hogan, so that match is going to be last no matter what. His match is going to be last no matter what. Uh, So, yeah, so you got um, the Hulkamaniacs versus the Dungeon of Doom. You got Michael Buffer, uh, who, if you don't know, was the voice of boxing throughout the 80s and 90s and his uh, uh, son... Son? Brother? Brother, I think. Brother, I think. Bruce Buffer, younger brother. Bruce Buffer is the... uh, um, uh, intro guy for the UFC now. Um, so, yeah, you got everybody making their entrances. Uh, you've got uh, t- Team Hulk and Maniacs coming in, all face painted up, you know, ready for war. Uh, and, um, yeah, Sting and the Shark start. The Shark, I thought, was going to be the worst person out of that group. Turned out not to be that terrible. Yeah, not too bad. Not to be that terrible. We'll get to who the fucking worst person was. Yep. Oh, yes, um, we will. <laughs> yeah, so Shark gets control at first, uh, then Sting bounces back uh, as Shark goes uh, to the second ring to just kind of like, you know, uh, take a breather. Uh, Sting then does a flying crossbody uh, across both rings and then body slam Shark, who they build to be at like 540 fucking pounds or something like that in the beginning so that was crazy to see sting absolutely yeah. you know body slam somebody like that that made definitely made him look strong uh shark escaped uh you know stings um you know uh flare up and he tried to do uh the cross cross body across both rings too but he fucking failed yeah oh yeah looked like a beach shit did not look like a shark at all he looked like a beach whale between both of those ropes ladies and gentlemen uh yeah so he starts getting beat on by sting um the time runs out and we've got a uh coin toss uh to which was won by the dungeon of doom fucking zodiac enters um christ almighty but and they start uh they start two on, you know, they, they 
he was just no match for Sting right away, and then Shark comes, and that's when they start doing the two on one. So they're already like making it seem like, hey, this guy isn't like it isn't shit at all. Um, so you got the two on one advantage for the du uh, Dungeon of Doom. Uh, Macho Man is next, and he goes absolutely crazy. Uh, they uh, he clears house for um, a little bit before uh, one of them gets advantage. Um, and they do uh, the two-on-one on Macho Man. And Sting can't help. If you're wondering where the fuck Sting is, Sting is getting held uh, through the cage because the Dungeon of Doom is grabbing his arm. So I thought that that was cool, too. I haven't seen that coming out of a, a, a War Games match. Can you tell me, James, is the War Games match nowadays, is that still um, on the ring apron itself, or has it taken the Hell in a Cell style and gone like It's not the, the Hell floor? in a Cell style, I don't believe. I believe it is the on the apron. I don't recall. Yeah, no, it's on the apron now. It's, it's on the just on the apron. apron to get underneath the apron? No, right? It's just it's on the apron. It's just on the apron. Okay. So it's like two steel cages, not really a Hell in a Cell type of... Yeah, so if you're kind of visualizing it, yeah, they put their arms through the fence, which is the cage, uh, to hold... Sting's arm so that they can do the two-on-one advantage on, uh, on Macho Man. Um, yeah, so then the Dungeon of Doom takes advantage again, and now they're now at some point they're trying to pull Savage through the cage after beating them up a little more. Uh, Kamala enters, and now we've got a three-on-two from the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, Kamala pulling his big moves. They're just uh, beating on Team Hogan at this point. Until oh, yeah. Until two minutes later, when Lex Luger comes and absolutely clears house, uh, he starts doing big moves on everybody, uh, and then Meng comes in uh, to go and uh, you know give you know Dungeon of Doom advantage again one more time uh, until Hogan comes in and beats the shit out of everybody. every living body. In everybody the ring. was getting it. Everybody was getting it. Um, he threw powder. In people's faces, Bobby Heenan had an awful line where he said it smelled like napalm. It was really more, more military. Let's just keep doing yeah. It. it was just more military stuff. Just, just he said it smelled like napalm or gun smoke. Which, if you've smelled any of those two, they don't have it. It, it ain't. It don't come out like that. You smell it. You'll, you'll, you'll know. You'll smell it. Uh, yeah. So he starts powdering everybody. Uh, and then he starts beating up on everybody. Shark was no selling in the corner. I loved it. Hogan does this thing where he does like a eye rake and a chop. And Shark was just no selling the, the, both of them. They It looked awful. Um, but yeah, Hogan's got the fans going absolutely fucking crazy. All the Hulkamani Hulkamaniacs go ahead and take control. Uh, and Hogan puts uh, Zodiac in a crab to win war games. Puts him in a Boston crab. Puts Zodiac... The Boston Crab. Take that, Chris Jericho. Because nobody else was going to put... Anyone else no, in a Boston Crab. Yeah, they were, Hogan was not putting anybody else but Zodiac in there. Can't put the 500-pound guy in there. Nope, absolutely not. Can't put Meng in there. Meng's too fucking big. Zodiac was kind of the thinnest one out of all of them. I'm the most useless, too. What would you think of the match, man? It was all right. It was, you know, it was... Listen, it's not what we expect war games to be nowadays. No, definitely not. But, I definitely didn't have an issue with it either. I was like, okay, this is kind of like how I expected it to go. Absolutely. You know? I didn't see that's the thing. I think my expectations weren't too high for it. Uh, and I didn't also expect like complete shit from it. So yeah. like when I watched, I was like, I expected complete shit from it because I, I, I've never seen the Dungeon of Doom wrestle and just seeing them walk out like all of them. in oh, line, I was like, man, 
where you're in for it's like oh god but i like i said i I never really try to set my my standard my uh, expectations too low or too high this was kind of right where i expected this to be going yeah i expected the hogan clean out at the Mm -hmm. end i Mm -hmm. expected all that stuff of course of course uh bobby heenan was doing a good job of being like of course hogan's gonna go in at the end because he can't he doesn't want to face anybody he doesn't want to wrestle anybody so but heenan definitely played it up um, the we forgot to mention before the stipulation in this match was that if, uh, if the Hulkamaniacs yeah. win, Kevin Sullivan has five minutes in the ring with Hulk Hogan, which he's got you for five minutes exactly. Which if you know well, at this point, if you're understanding the the rivalry between Hogan and uh, Sullivan at this point, which kind of gets extended even past this, um, you understand that they have a, a deep disliking for, for right. one another and Hogan really wanted to get his hands on, on Sullivan which he does uh, Sullivan tries to run um, the security kind of blocks him and tells him no like you got to go to the ring you know for the stipulation security goes ahead and escorts him uh, and then uh, Hogan has an absolute uh, field day uh, the taskmaster escapes pretty briefly and then the dungeon of doom leave the taskmaster the task master uh you know pretty much leave him high and dry um then the giant makes his way out to the mm-hmm. ring at this point both teams are gone and we've only got hogan and, and sullivan so the giant goes ahead and makes his way out to the ring who if you don't know who the giant is well it's the big show yep big show is uh at this point kayfabe andre the giant's son yeah which as a kid Totally believed. A hundred percent believed. Thousand it. believed it was his son. Uh, yeah, so the giant makes his way to this ring. Uh, he throws the ref out of the way. He gets in the ring and he starts beating on on Hogan. Taskmaster uh, then, um, you know, starts taking advantage and he directs the giant to twist Hogan's neck like he's going to break his neck. Um, normally, if you do it the right way, in, in real life, you break the guy's neck. How the giant, being as strong as he is, didn't break Hulk Hogan's neck doing that is beyond me. So the vitamins, uh, prayers, and milk, bro. Uh, all those, all, all those, uh, all of them. Like is the one. That's the holy trinity. They've kind of rehashed that like twisting of the neck thing. Um, somebody did it pretty recently. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray Wyatt did it. Pretty... Snapping necks. Yeah, it was the did... fiend. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't think it's effective at all. I don't think it's realistic. Neither do I. In the, in the slightest. But that's what they did here. Um. And then uh, Team Hulkamaniacs come back and they kind of, you know, try and make the save and insanity ensues. It's and, and that is what ends Fall Brawl 1995, ladies and gentlemen. That is it. Uh, I, well, I don't know. I thought it was a... I thought it was a good show. I, yeah. liked, I liked most of the matches. I really did. I liked, I liked the opener. Uh, I think the opener was... Yeah, the opener was, was definitely hot. If the... Uh, WCW consistently now has at least the three shows that we've reviewed so far have done a great job of like starting off really really right. hot. That was the longest match of the night too. Was the longest match of the night. Um, man, that Craig Pittman match was. That's a low point, but yeah, I think the jo- for me the Johnny B. Bad match was the best. Uh, 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 was the most exciting match. Um, the Arn Anderson Ric Flair was the best match of the night, and then. Uh, I mean, that, I agree. The worst match easily was Sergeant, S- Sergeant Craig Pitbull, Craig Pittman, Pitbull Pittman versus, versus Cobra. Cobra. I mean, there's not much else to say. Uh, War Games did exactly what it was supposed to do. It's the spectacle to, it's a, uh, that they were building up to. 
Uh, not exactly the, the spectacle you know we expect today, but it is War Games match. Arn Anderson, Ric Flair was a, was a, a mat classic, uh, and Johnny B. Good and uh, Brian Pillman were was was very good. Hey, Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Does bad. he good? Jo- Johnny B. Bad. Okay, I thought I said something wrong. Jo- you, you did. You said they Johnny did. B. Said, good. Okay, yeah. It's Johnny B. Bad. My bad. I'm thinking of the song. It's Johnny B. Bad. This is my problem. Get it right. Get it tight. Buddy. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was uh, 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 Fall Brawl 95. I mean, you know, like I said, it was it was a pretty good show. Um, if you haven't catched it and you're listening to the podcast, definitely do go ahead and put yourself through that two hours and 45 minutes uh, worth of stuff. I would only skip one match, that being the Craig Pitbull Pittman match, unless you want to laugh. Uh, it's only. I would watch to laugh. It's, uh, I would watch it to it's laugh. It's only a minute and twenty two seconds. It, it'll. So. It's a minute and twenty two seconds. You will never get back. Yeah. But yeah. nonetheless, it's a minute and twenty two seconds. I think everybody in their life should experience one time. Absolutely. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been War Ready with our recap of Fall Brawl '95. My name is Xavier Heat, and next to me is my beautiful and lovely co-host. The James Gandhi. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Oh, didn't see you raise your finger. We're going to do that again. 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 And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of War Ready Fall Brawl 95. Stay tuned for our next installment. We are going to be reviewing technically the second week of the Monday Night Wars. My name is Xavier Heat, wrestling's favorite hothead, and has been with the beautiful and lovely co-host, the James Conti, the man with no gimmick. Yeah, you goddamn right. Uh huh. Let's do it. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye.